these philosophies, these ways of thinking about our relationships with people, with art, with money, with currency, with skills, our relationships with those that we consider our equals, whether it's romantic, whether it's a friendship, whether it is a business venture, how do you express yourself in these relationships what do you hold dear welcome to the journey to here podcast i'm m and i'm d here we chat about life skills business growing and building we hope to inspire you on your journey to here wherever you're here maybe Welcome to episode three of The Journey to Here. Oh, wow. Can you believe it? Yeah. It's awesome. Actually, I think yeah. it's pretty awesome. I, I think we'll, we'll clink. get a little cling, cling. <laughs> Okay, that's a glass of red wine. Which is quite good. Which is really good. And it's, it's a Chateau de Cardboard. <laughs> because Grumpy chooses. <laughs> Chateau de Cardboard on a winter's evening. In southern Europe, with a fire going, roast chicken going away there. So it I need to. It smells incredible. Yeah, loads of garlic out of the garden. So own garlic. All else fails, I will be able to be a good garlic grower based on this last year's growth. I don't know how, how, how and what it's going to be like next year. As we told people in the previous episode, this whole learning to grow food is relatively new to us, and and I can just be a good dragon. Yeah, because I eat the garlic. Yeah, and you you big on the on the consumption and preparation of dishes I with love garlic. It. Listen, if you if you think a meal's gonna fail, just add garlic. You know, that's you're safe. Uh, like last night's pizza. Oh, that's wow. becoming a sort of a ritual now. We, I think we're getting quite good at it. About a year and a half ago, I started making sourdough, which is also one of those things that you see people do or you hear about people having a sourdough and like californian sour based dough and it sounds so intimidating it sounds like artisan (laughs) and that's again one of those things just do it it's it's a myth that it's difficult it's really not and and you can mess it up just understand the basics and understand that you can save it and bring it back to life if you have to. There's really nothing difficult. And as about long it. as it only smells like bad feet and not baby poop, you're fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If if has funny color, start again. Discard. <laughs> Discard and do it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. But, so what are we going to talk about? This. Well, you have this, a so. particular topic that you want to cover, mm, so okay. I'm actually going to start this topic, if I may. And the topic is about a particular author, authoress, author, we'll just say author, who lived up until your, okay, she lived. (laughs) There's a, there's a sort of a correlation of dates somewhere along the line, but anyway, and the author's name is Anne Rand and Anne Rand is a very misunderstood author by people that don't understand the ideology and the point of view from which she wrote. She has been seen as a capitalist, 
as ruthless, and yet she was one of the first true libertarians. Kept bad company, unfortunately, with some of her choices, but made this statement, and I think I'm going to let you carry on with that, but I used to joke at one stage when I was still back in the dating game. I always said, the woman that I met that would read Anne Rand, I'd marry her. Well, you had not read Anne Rand by the... I didn't even know about Anne Rand. By the time we got married. But you read her consequently. Um, And I started off with Atlas Shrug. You started off with Atlas Shrug. At that time, it was the longest book Oh, with the most painful, powerful, but painful speech. And by the way, note to any listeners, please do not think of watching the movies, the four or three parts. Those three parts. Three parts. The The cost changes in every one of the three. The first part was was good. It was actually very good. The second part was bearable. The third part was completely unbearable. Mm. They made... A mincemeat of it. But anyway, I think without further ado, I'm actually going to hand over to you for, for this one and just explain a little bit about who, not so much who the author was, but the philosophy of objectivism. Mm. And and again, when I read and ran the first time, I guess I was oblivious about what and who and where. I mean, there are so many people who would have so many strong opinions about Ayn Rand. I just know that the philosophy of Ayn Rand has shaped a lot of my thinking and of our thinking in life about the way we do things and how we interact with people. And And how we value things. How we value things. I remember that when, when I... When I read Ayn Rand the first time, we would often talk about how money would be the the one thing that one can use as a way to measure what someone's abilities or someone's output is worth. And therefore, by using this medium of exchange, you are able to exchange value for value. Money was used in that. And we have now also come to realize that there are so many other ways of measuring wealth. And this is going to be a topic that I know you are going to talk about. And I think if I may chip in, the something that is important to realize is that what we call money now is not money. It's not money. You know, as, a, as a banker, you know, one of the first things you learn uh, in banking, yes, I was at one stage, um, was that one of the properties of money is that it has to hold value. It's a store of value. And it's not because what we call money now is currency. So, you know, that's, that's an important differentiation. So going back to that you. That means one can almost throw it back again and say that it is actually money because when we look at money as something that can hold value, it means that money can also be my time that I'm willing to invest into something as an exchange yes. of value. So 
currency is not money. Yeah. Currency is not money, and we talk about money here. Yeah. So what we thought of when we started down the journey of value for value, measure for measure, which is a, a phrase that you often hear when when talking about Anran. But what? what oh, we, and what, the, if I can just to point out here, if people are listening to this on Fountain, which I hope they are. The whole term value for value, which is thrown around in the, the Bitcoin community and particularly in the podcasting 2.0, the value for value, that's an Anne Randism. Yeah. That term comes from Anne Rand. So unbeknowingly, if you are engaging in value for value transactions, you're actually paying homage to Gra- Anne Rand. And no, we did not build a shrine to the woman. We just like her books and like the philosophy. But back to you, sorry. Yeah, and I guess I, I probably have lost a little bit of my train of thought here, but the philosophy, I, I recently read, this last year actually, I read Fountainhead. And I read Fountainhead, okay, firstly read Atlas Shrug many moons ago, and then Anthem a couple of years ago, and then Fountainhead this year. Those were the three books of Anne Rand, and I know that you've read others that I haven't. But as far as I know, Fountainhead was her first novel, first or second. It wasn't her first novel. Um, it was a breakthrough. Okay. But I read that, and I thought, wow, I can remember how often I would just tag and, and make notes of so many of the quotes out of the book and just again say... This is what I've been thinking and how I've been living for so long. It's just become second nature. And I remember us having that conversation about if we did not read Atlas Shrug when we did, and and maybe I'm speaking more for myself here, but would I still have been the person I am today? And would I have made decisions the way I made them? Because I do believe that that philosophy has just been so strong and and created a framework for so many of the the things that became logical mm. to me and then to us in the way we lived. And I only read Atrashrak once and I don't think that I can stomach going through John Gold's speech a second time in one lifetime. <laughs> And I do not remember everything, but I remember philosophies out of it, just as with Fountainhead. These philosophies, these ways of thinking about our relationships with people, with art, with money, with currency, with skills, our relationships with those that we consider our equals whether it's romantic, whether it's a friendship, whether it is a business venture, how do you express yourself in these relationships? What do you hold dear? And I think that every person will get to their destination one way or another. But I think your your way of getting there, your journey will maybe be smoother if you're able to do certain things a certain way and it already aligns with who you are somewhere in your core and an easy 
thing that people often fall to is to say, oh, but that's religion to you, whichever religion you belong to or that you subscribe to or that you feel a connection to. But does it really? Because I, I think it can be religion, but it can also be so many other things. Maybe I'm going a little bit off topic here because it's about Anne Rand, which we know religion was just to her a no-go. But I feel strongly about the philosophies that we have been exposed to and I am forever grateful for what I'm able to read now, Mm. many years after she passed, and still look at it and say, wow, it doesn't matter whether this book was written for the 1924 era and whether it was written for something happening in 1970, it is still so relevant, if not more. Mm. And it took pure genius to do that. So I hope that our listeners would just go and look for something and even if it's just a quote and just see whether it resonates with them because I believe it can you know I think Anne Rand was a well I know Anne Rand was a book um, Atlas Shrugged was the first book of hers that I read and I was in my early mid 20s so I'd also already started my first business and failed had been involved in a second business that did reasonably well and uh, at the time that I read it was employed and it explained a lot of the business decisions that I'd made and how I structured business and my philosophy towards business and you and I were chatting earlier on about the importance of a value system in business and actually having one and before you even start a business before you conduct your first transaction you need to know what is the framework that you are willing what to are operate your rules that you are going to set for yourself not the rules of engagement <laughs> but the rules what are your framework is such a good way and i know that people who raise kids do it with a framework as well a child yeah. feels safe when they know where the borders are because then they know that within those borders they are free to do everything because there's something around them that keeps them away from what they are not yet ready yeah. to experience and should not experience at a particular age. And like you said, now in business, do you have your value system organized already before you start that first transaction? We sometimes call it the line in the sand. Yeah. If you haven't drawn that line, how will you even know if it's been crossed? And it can be something very big. It can sometimes just be something really small and silly. But I do a lot of research, reading, whatever, about minimalism as well. And if you can just free up your mind, if the important decisions that you know that you'll need to make if you have already made them and you know how you need to react in a certain situation, it means that when it happens, you don't have to, to ponder. You don't have to waste energy on it because you have already made this decision. This is how I live my life. 
these are the rules that I have set for myself. These are my values. These are my principles. These are my morals. These are the things that I am comfortable with. Yeah. And therefore, when, when a situation occurs, you, you can just take it as another step. And, and you know, another. you and I both deal with businesses in, in our line of in our line of work, it doesn't feel like work, but let's call it work. You know, we tend to deal with family and small businesses. That's our passion. And we talk about alignment and the analogy of four family members, mom, dad, and the three daughters, or the mom, dad, and the two daughters getting into the car and saying, right, we're going on holiday. And you know, dad says, okay, great. Everyone got their hiking boots. We're going to the mountains. And daughter number one in the back says, but dad, we're going to the beach. I've got my swimsuit. And daughter number two says, yeah, I've got my disco clothes. You know, I've got my party clothes. We're it's going to the city. city. And mom said, well, I brought all my books. You know, I was just going to sit and look at the mountains and read books. And no one was aligned in their goals. And they were not aligned because they could not communicate clearly most often. And that, that comes into it. That's yet so, another part of it. And again, you know, we talk about the journey to here and being about a destination, but also about the journey to get there. And it's important that when there's more than one person traveling that you're aligned as far as what you're going to do. And I think... What we have learned and what we, dare I say, believe in terms of value for value is a good starting point. We believe that in any transaction, both parties have to get value. Yeah. You need to be in relationships where both of you get value. And if you're not both getting value at some point, someone's going to be exhausted and have to leave. Yeah. And hate the whole setup whereas yeah. it's not necessary so we started this with just how Anne Rand has shaped us and our philosophy and I think we will definitely revisit this but if you're already an Anne Rand fan yay you if you had a bad experience I know many people would diss Anne Rand maybe you can give it a try again you know what I'm going to suggest, and particularly with what has happened in the last few years in the world, I would start with simple Anne Rand and start with Anthem. Mm. And I think that maybe we must find an audio book somewhere and link it up in these show notes on the website. So just go to www.thejourneytohere.co.za. You heard right. Thejourneytohere.co.za, and we will try and hook up an audiobook of Anthem. It's easy. It's like listening, like reading. Yeah, and start quick, with that. It's a yeah, quick read and, and I think I also need to point out that not everything you're going to hear with our podcast is Anne Rand. For heaven's sake, mm. it's just one I'm of not the, that much of a <laughs> not much that much purist. of a fan. But I'm a um, fan, but not a purist. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, and I think one of the things that I also want to say you're going to hear on the podcast we f maybe forgot to mention the last time is the whole thing of of NLP, neuro linguistic programming, and the power of positive thinking. 
and not the woo-woo crazy look in the mirror, I'm successful and gorgeous. But kind love, you are. Oh, thank you, sweetheart. Flattery will get you everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think we can almost say this is a wrap. You, I'm happy I, with this being a wrap. We should maybe get a timer or something somewhere just to just to see. Um, maybe we can just put a quick minute in here. We We would like to keep our episodes relatively short. I believe there's a place in one's life for a long podcast, especially if it's that time of year where you have to keep your hands busy, but that's about it. And you, you need that hour, hour and a half of something in the background. And then there are times in your life where 20 minutes will do. Maybe you're on your way home after work or on your way to work. Maybe you have to wait somewhere. Maybe it's while you're preparing a quick meal, just having 20 to basically 10 to 20 minute podcast in the back. That's, that's where we would like to, to frame this, I think. Yeah. And just keep it short and sweet, I guess. Yeah. You're very sweet. Uh, and I'm not you. that short. You're not. <laughs> um, um, and I'm actually going to say that I think the the whole value to value or value for value idea is something that maybe you want to expand on in a later show. Yeah. And just with some examples of how it works. And I think something else we might bring up is the different forms of capital. You know, we spoke about money and currency and and people understand. There are differences between them and there are people who've done amazing work. I mean, you don't, we don't have to redo what geniuses have actually already accomplished. I mean, I can just on the top of my head think of three people who've done incredible work but and I have think, guided yeah. us in our understanding of that. And I think it's very important that people understand wealth yeah. because we talk often about wealth preservation and building wealth, but what is wealth? Mm. We've been taught to believe that wealth is financial assets, and we mentioned this at the early start of this show. But value, understanding what value is, what wealth is. So I think that's something else we'll explore. But on that note. I think on that note, we are going to say thank you for joining us again. And enjoy the journey to here. Wherever you're here, maybe. Thanks for joining us for this part of our journey. We hope this episode added value. For more information on what we do, please visit our website at www.thejourneytohere.co.za. If you liked what you heard, please join us on a regular basis by subscribing through your favorite podcasting platform. Even better, Listen to us on Fountain FM, where you can send us and other content creators sats in a value-for-value exchange. We look forward to having you along for the rest of your journey to here. Wherever your here may be.